0: Continue in this series of sermons on Simon Peter, the apostle, flawed but faithful. Last week we left off with Simon Peter in the courtyard of the high priest where Jesus had been taken once arrested. And it was there in the courtyard that Peter denied knowing Jesus. Three times he denied knowing him. And then when the rooster crowed, Peter realized what he had done. He looked up and he could see Jesus where he is being held as a captive and he could see that Jesus could see him. And he was so heartbroken and overcome that he ran off and cried uncontrollably. And that's the last time we see Peter until after the resurrection. He's nowhere to be found when Jesus is beaten. He's nowhere to be found when Jesus carries his crossbeam up to Golgotha. He's nowhere to be found when Jesus is crucified or when he dies. He's nowhere to be found when Jesus' body is laid in the tomb. He's nowhere to be found on Friday or on Saturday. And then comes Easter morning. The scriptures tell us that on Easter morning, a group of women went to the tomb to prepare Jesus' body for a proper burial that when they arrived, the stone in front of the entrance to the tomb had been rolled away. And inside, the body was missing. An angel appeared to them and told them not to be afraid that Jesus had been raised from the dead and that they were to go and tell the disciples that he would meet them in Galilee. We hear the angel say, go and tell the disciples and Peter too. Or in some of your translations, it may be, go and tell the disciples and especially Peter that Jesus will meet them in Galilee. Especially Peter, because our God is a God of second chances. Especially Peter, overcome with shame and with guilt, who needed to experience the power of resurrection, that embrace of grace that would change his life. Especially Peter. Well, there's a bunch of resurrection stories that follow in the Gospels. And the last resurrection story we hear in the Gospels is at the end of the Gospel of John, where the disciples are now up at the Sea of Galilee. They've experienced Jesus several times, the resurrected Jesus, and now they're waiting. And while they're waiting, Peter gets the idea that he wants to go fishing. Some of the other disciples go with him and now Let's pause and listen to that account. Bill, will you read for us?
1: Our scripture today comes from John 21, 4 to 18. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish For they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, a 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he asked and he said to him, Lord, you know everything, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger you used to fasten your own belt to go and go and to go wherever you wished, but when you grow old you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: Thank you, Bill. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our God, our rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. So did the story that Bill just read sound kind of familiar? For those of you who were here earlier in the series, I preached a sermon that sermon about when Peter decided to lay down his nets and to follow Jesus. Did you hear the similarity between the two stories? Do you remember that other one? I'm going to give you a quiz just to find out if you remembered it. If you weren't here, take the quiz anyway. I'm pretty certain you're going to do fine, okay? So it's five questions, multiple choice. First first question, before Peter became a follower of Jesus Christ, what was his profession? A fisherman? A, a fisherman? Oh, yeah, I got my best stuff coming here, okay? A, a fisherman? B, a diesel mechanic? Or three, an acrobat for Cirque de Soleil? Okay? It is A, a fisherman. Okay, second question. What time of the day was it when Jesus encountered Peter on the shore of the Sea of Galilee? Was it A, early in the morning, B, siesta time, or C, the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox? <laughs> For those of you who don't know that formula, that's how we set Easter. Okay. The answer is A, early in the morning. So if it was early in the morning when Peter encountered Jesus, then what was he doing the night before? Was it A, dancing at the disco, B? fishing, or C, enjoying another golden night's victory. (laughs) It was B, he was fishing. Jesus told Peter to take him out to deep water. And once out of deep water, what did Jesus tell him to do next? Was it A, get out the water skis, B, cast his nets, or C, walk on water? This is a trickier one. B, cast his nets. And finally, fifth question, what did Peter catch? A, a cold? (laughs) B, the end of one of my sermons online? Or C, a whole bunch of fish? (laughs) C, a whole bunch of fish. So you did all right? Everybody do all right in that little quiz? Now, do you see the similarity between that story in Luke chapter 5 and the one that Bill just read? Both of them happen at the Sea of Galilee. Both of them happen early in the morning. In both cases, the disciples have been fishing and caught nothing. In both, Jesus instructs them where to cast their nets. And in both, they, they have a great catch of fish. There's a lot that's similar in these stories. But they're not exactly the same. In a story from the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is actually in the boat with Peter when they catch all of the fish. And Peter stays with the boat in order to help to get the fish to shore. And somewhere between catching all the fish and getting to shore, Peter decided it was better to lay down his nets and follow Jesus than to keep fishing without him. The Gospel of Mark, the first chapter, gives a summary of Luke's account. And it's there that we hear that Jesus actually invited Peter. He said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of people. Come and follow me. The story of the account of the resurrection and the end of the gospel of John, the disciples are coming back from fishing all night, but they're still out to sea. They're getting near to shore, which means the fishing time has come to an end. They're close enough to shore to see that there's somebody on the beach and that Whoever's on the beach was cooking because they could see the smoke, but not close enough to tell who it was. Now, we know who it was because we heard this account from the gospel read, right? We know that it was Jesus. And he was cooking loaves and fish, which is supposed to remind us of another story. Remember the other story of loaves and fish when Jesus feeds 5,000 people? with a few loaves and some fish. Now he's going to feed his disciples with some loaves and some fish as they prepare for what's going to come next for them. Jesus hollered out at the disciples on the boat to put their nets out on the other side, and for whatever reason they do that. And immediately there's a big catch of fish. And it's John, the beloved, who first realizes that the person on the shore is Jesus. And so he shouts out, It's Jesus! And Peter, Peter jumps in the water, leaving the nets behind and starts swimming towards shore, swimming toward Jesus. And there's something a little embarrassing about this particular moment because the scriptures say that Peter was fishing naked, naked. Good thing he put on some clothes because if he was still naked when he got out of the water, he'd be naked in front of Jesus, which kind of makes me think about someday in the future for me. When I'll be standing before Jesus with no place to hide, with everything of my life being made known as I'm welcomed into that powerful embrace of grace. But back to Peter. Now back in those days, it wasn't uncommon for someone who fished to be fishing in their loin cloth. Kind of like, I guess, us fishing in our underwear. I don't quite get it, but something like that. He wasn't totally naked or else the rest of the disciples would have been embarrassed. But he jumped in the water, excited to see Jesus. He swam to him and he left the other disciples behind to tend to the fish. They do. They tend to the fish. They get them to shore. And once on shore, there's a lot of them. There's so many of them that they're compelled to count them. It kind of reminds me of Sacks for Souls. We get so many bags of groceries in, we can't help ourselves. We just want to count them to see how many came in. Right? And so they count the fish. And we hear that there's 153 fish. That's kind of specific, isn't it? It's not like me saying we had about 400 bags of groceries. 153. Pretty specific. Why would John include that detail? We know that John likes to use a lot of symbolism in his recounting of the stories. Years ago, I heard our former bishop, Bishop Galvan, preach on this passage of scripture. And Bishop Galvan said that he'd read once that at the time of Jesus, there were 153 known peoples on earth. And if that's true, this is a pretty powerful symbol these disciples who will be fishers of people catching 153 fish representing 153 peoples of the world it means that the gospel is for all people and all means all people Jesus then feeds the disciples the loaves and the fish and afterward he takes Peter to the side in order to ask him a question, a question we began to explore a little bit last week, when he asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? Now, the word in Greek that we translate love is agape. And agape is sacrificial love. Think of Jesus hanging on the cross for God so loved the world. Agape is a sacrificial love. So Jesus asks Peter, Peter, do you agape me? Peter responds by saying, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And the word in Greek that is translated love is philio, which means a brotherly or sisterly love. So Peter responds, yes, Lord, I love you like a brother. Peter. Do you love me with a sacrificial love? Yes, Lord, I love you like a brother. Peter, do you love me with a sacrificial love? Yes, Lord, you're like family to me. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I'm trying. Now, whether we make a big deal out of the difference in those words of love or not, I don't know how big a deal to make out of that. When I hear the story, I'm reminded of that Christian song, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved loved me. me. Peter responds three times. Yes, Lord, I love you. And then remember what Jesus says next. He didn't say, I love you too. He didn't say, everything's going to be okay now, Peter. He did not say, since you love me, I now forgive you of having denied knowing me. Instead, he says, then feed my lambs. Tend to my sheep. Feed my sheep. He says to Peter, then go. And therein lies the biggest difference between the story in the gospel of Luke Chapter 5 and the story at the very end of the Gospel of John. In Luke, Jesus says to Peter, come. And in John, Jesus says to Peter, go. Come. Go. The life of discipleship. We're invited to come to Jesus. Come to me all who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Come, follow me and I'll make you make something of your life. Come, Jesus says. And so we come and we experience that powerful embrace of grace that brings forgiveness to our lives, that brings some healing to our lives as Jesus helps to prepare us because he then says, Go, go and feed my sheep 400 bags of groceries. Go and Tend to my sheep. Care for other people. Bring blessings to their life. Share with them what you have received from me. Make disciples of all people. Go, he says. And so Peter goes. And what happens after is the rest of the story that I'll preach on in a couple of weeks. But one more thing that I want us to think about today. This Peter denied knowing Jesus, afraid. Cowardly might seem like a strong word, but definitely afraid. And then he encounters the risen Christ and it changes everything for him. He becomes courageous because in experiencing the resurrected Christ, he comes to know that God is a God of second chances, which means we don't have to be afraid to try to serve God because God is a God of second chances. But in experiencing the risen Christ, he also knew that the suffering and death of Jesus did not have the last word on his life. The last word for him was one of resurrection of new life. And because he follows Jesus, because we follow Jesus, No matter what's going to happen to us in this life, whatever suffering we might endure, even death itself will not have the last word upon us because our last word upon us is going to be one of resurrection, of new life. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Thanks be to God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.